listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. Also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. It's Wednesday morning, and this is your Wednesday morning voice. You're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. I want to welcome you to the show today. We have uh, with us um, Saifuddin Hassan. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. And uh, Saifuddin is the former imam of Masjid al-Islam. He has been a New Haven area resident for 28 years. He currently serves as the assistant imam of Masjid al-Islam, studied psychology at the University of Pittsburgh, and currently works at an assistant living facility a group for pe- uh, group home for people with disabilities, right? Um, so, uh, Saifuddin is here talking to us today um, about the Muslim month of Ramadan and uh, about being Muslim around the world in today's time. Mm. So, we are in the solar calendar, the 24th day of May, but in the lunar calendar of the Islamic um, or the Muslim calendar, quote unquote, we are actually in the eighth month of the year, getting ready to enter the ninth month, which is the Muslim month of Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan is most noted for the fact that it is the month in which Muslims fast. So, Saifuddin, we want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about the details about Ramadan and mm-hmm. so that people can understand what it is, why it's done, what's the significance of it. So it's the ninth month in the Muslim calendar. So one of the questions that people ask first is, what is a Muslim calendar? Alhamdulillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Uh, as Muslims, we follow a different calendar from the Gregorian calendar. Our calendar is a lunar calendar and it's 12 days shorter than the Gregorian calendar. So with this calendar, you're able to fast, for example, throughout the year. I've been Muslim for 37 years, and now I've fasted basically completely throughout the year. So all the 12 months of the year I've fasted because of this difference, you know, in the calendars that ours is 12 days shorter, that every year Ramadan goes back 12 days, you know. So uh, so this is basically the difference uh, between our calendar. We actually cite what is called the Hilal or the uh, actual crescent moon. Whereas the Gregorian calendar, you go and you cite the actual black or the full moon. And we wait until the crescent is actually seen. And that's when we start our months. So each month is started either 29 or 30 days based on the sighting of the crescent moon. So Ramadan starts on when the moon is sighted. Yes. And once the moon is sighted, what does Muslims have to do? Uh, once the moon is sighted, the Muslims are obligated. Those people who are Muslim, who are sane, who are not traveling, who are not ill or not sick, are obligated to fast from dawn to sunset for 29 or 30 days during the month of Ramadan. And this is, means that you abstain from food, drink, that means water, everything, because everybody always asks me, oh, you can't drink water? No, you can't drink water. <laughs> you know, you can't cohabitate with your spouse, you know, during the daylight hours. So, Dawn to sunset. So during the daylight hours from dawn to sunset, you abstain from the food, the drink, cohabitating with your spouse. And when the sun sets, then, you know, we have a, you know, mostly people break their fast and then they pray their Maghrib prayer. Then they have their dinner 
And then we go for a special prayer at night uh, called the Tarawiya prayer, which is a very special prayer uh, where Muslims congregate throughout the nights uh, during the month of Ramadan. So when you, um, so in addition to this abstinence from food, drink, being with your mm-hmm. spouse, and, and so I, I should probably just clarify, it doesn't mean you can't live with your sp- spouse, oh, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's sexual intimacy, you Absolutely. can't have sexual intimacy, right, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't like have two houses during Ramadan, <laughs> it kind of sounded like that to me, I'm so sorry, I was like, I okay, let me clarify that. I apologize. <laughs> okay. um, so... When we we have this abstinence and um, uh, food and drink, so mm-hmm. um, what if you have to take medication? If you mm-hmm. just get really thirsty and right. dehydrated, like right. how do we people well, navigate I mean, that? For people who are ill or are sick or anything of that nature, like some people that have diabetes and things of this nature, they they don't have to fast, but they are obligated to feed a poor person every day of the month of Ramadan. So this is an expiation for you know you know, uh, not being able to fast. Now, if someone just gets thirsty, I mean, and of course, if they're going to pass out or something of this nature, they're, they're, they can break their fast. But, I mean, we try. This is the month of fasting. We're trying to endure, you know, the hardships, you know, of the basic, you know, necessities that we need every day. Food, drink, all of these things. These are the things that, yes, our body craves. But, you know, during this month of Ramadan, we're making this great sacrifice, you know. And God says in the Quran, that fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you so that you may learn self-restraint and taqwa and God consciousness. So this is the the way in which we're trying to fast, to get closer to God, to see that, you know, for instance, people who don't have, you know, how they feel. You know, so this is a time where our prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, gave the most charity. You know, he gave the most money during this time because... You know, this is the time that we are supposed to be thinking about not just ourselves, but other people, those who don't have. So that fasting gives us that sense of, okay, people who don't have food to eat, that we're more willing to give them to help them, you know, so that they can have what we have. So you mentioned um, that in the Quran, it says that fasting has been prescribed as as it has been prescribed for those before you. Mm -hmm. And that is in a reference to the Christians and the Jews, which Mm -hmm. uh, Muslims believe um, um, preceded them in religion, in revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, Why why is the Muslim fast different? So Mm -hmm. Christians fast during Lent and they kind of get to Mm -hmm. pick and choose what they're going to Mm -hmm. fast from Uh, a Jews fast, but their Mm -hmm. fast is a shorter in duration and not as strict. Mm -hmm. What is the difference kind of like, why Mm -hmm. is this a a stricter and longer fast? Well, I I think one of the things we have to mention is that pretty much many of the people that fasted before the Muslims, they fasted in the same manner that we fasted. For example, our prophet, peace and blessed be upon him, said prophet David Fast was the best fast, and he fasted on alternate days. There was a man who came to the prophet, and he wanted to fast all the time. I can fast every day. The prophet said, no, fast once a month. He said, no, I can do more than that. He said, fast, you know, on, you know, Monday and Thursday. He said, no, I can do more than that. He said, then fast every other day. He said, I can do more than that. The prophet said, there's no more than that. The best fast was the fast of prophet David, peace and blessings be upon him, who fasted on alternate days. So the difference basically in the fast is mainly the practice of the fast. You know, God has ordained certain things for people to do throughout time. As we believe as Muslims, Islam is not a different religion from Judaism, Christianity, or any of the other religions that came before. Islam means submission to the will of God, and those who submit are called Muslims. So we believe Moses, Jesus, Solomon, Aaron, David, 
Noah, all these prophets of God were Muslim and they practiced the same religion. God has only sent one message, and that is the message of submission. You know, there's a verse in the Quran that says, oh, my people, you know, submit to God, you know, just submit. You know, so this is Islam. So therefore, all of these prophets in some form or fashion practiced this fasting in the same manner as the Muslims. However, they were not, from, from my understanding, giving this month of Ramadan. This was something that was given to the Muslims. However, Moses was ordered to fast. Jesus was ordered to fast. All of the prophets of God were ordered to fast in the same basic way that we fast, that you abstain from dawn to sunset. So there's not, I think people have kind of gotten away, you know, from the actual fast of their religions, as we said, that it's the same thing that God has revealed throughout time. So, so how do how do you how do Muslims today? So mm-hmm. we know prophets lived thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. ago. What are some of the ways that fasting it has changed, not in its mm-hmm. practice, but in the way that people implement it? Because mm-hmm. you know. As particularly here in America, mm-hmm. like, you know, here in New Haven, as everywhere else in America, mm-hmm. uh, the businesses don't shut down during right. the day and open at night because right, the Muslims right. are fasting. Right. right? Sure, in the most sure. in majority of Muslim countries, the whole mm-hmm. country changes right. its oh, absolutely. routine absolutely. because of the fast. Mm-hmm. So how do Muslims in America implement this fasting you're mm-hmm. hungry you're tired you're you know, sometimes people suffer from brain fog and they still <laughs> got to get the work done in the deadline right, so right, yes. how, do, how does that work in america right well one of the things of course when we are fasting that god you know or the prophet muhammad peace and be upon him told us to get up you know in the early hours of the morning before we start to fast and have a light meal which is called suhoor so every muslim should get up for this meal drink something eat something and this can usually get them throughout the day, you know. And this is a not an obligation, but it's something that the Prophet Muhammad encouraged us to do, to get up, for there was blessings in this, this meal that he told us. So getting up for that meal, maybe taking your medication, if you have medication, drinking water. I mean, a lot of people drink plenty of water, you know, uh, drink a, eat a light meal. So this can pretty much carry you throughout the day. And basically everything else comes with faith, you know. It's about faith. So, you know, I've met a lot of people say, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And, you know, some of my non-Muslim friends and they get to about the second hour and they get so thirsty. They, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't do this. But it comes with faith. And that's what I tell everybody. Once, you know, you have that faith in God. I remember when I first became a Muslim, man, you just have this energy and this strength that you didn't even feel the fast. You know, mm-hmm. you were so pumped up about Islam and being Muslim. You didn't even feel the hunger, the thirst. Now, you get a little bit thirsty towards the end, maybe. But the hunger, for me, is not an issue. You just get maybe, especially when it's the summertime and it's very hot and humid, you know, you may get a little thirsty. But other than that, you try to endure, and that's all based on your faith and trying to get closer to God. So once you do those things, then, you know, I think, you know, the fast is is easy. Now, we do have a lot of challenges in our country that maybe Muslim countries don't have. People, like you say, cooking, you smell the food, you know, you're at your job and everybody's eating and you know, whereas in a Muslim country, that's not the case, you know. So, but, you know, we have adapted, you know, to that. And I think this is one of the challenges that we have as Muslims in this country, that since the rest of the country is not fasting and, you know, engaged in this, that, you know, we have this challenge to increase our faith even more during the month of Ramadan. When we talk about um, um, kind of like the rest of the world and the things that are, uh, mm-hmm. that the way that they celebrate Ramadan, what is some of the, cultural things in other parts of the world mm-hmm. um 
about celebrating Ramadan? Because I know you've been to Morocco right. and different mm-hmm. countries. Have you ever been there during Ramadan? And what are, yes. what mm-hmm. is what is it like there? Well, I spent one week in uh, Ramadan in Morocco a couple of years back. And I mean, it's, it's just different because everything, I, mean, I wouldn't say everything shuts down, but it's a, just a different atmosphere. The people are just different. You know, the, the vibe that you feel, you know, when people are fasting and then you go to the masjid and you pray and at night it's like, hundreds of thousands of people there are people on the streets and you know so you just have this sense of wow this is really you know this religion that you know you're practicing is so beautiful and we don't we don't always have that in america because we have a smaller communities but i mean you have the whole country is fasting it's not just like a hundred people in your community 200 people 500 it's everybody's fasting you know and unfortunately you have muslims who don't pray five times a day but everybody fasts you know everybody <laughs> it's like tradition right. you have to fast you're you're really looked down upon if right. you don't fast if you don't so, do anything right? else you don't fast <laughs> you, don't, but you fast you know so even if you don't pray you don't see them in the masjid during ramadan five times a day everybody's fasting mm-hmm. you know so it it brings a sense of identity and you know, uh, just self-esteem and confidence, you know, that to see that all the people, you know, are fascinating. Like I'm just saying, when I go to Philly, I see Muslims everywhere, you know, so it brings you that reinforcement that you need as a Muslim in America, because in the Connecticut, we don't see that all the time. Yeah. You know, what is, what are some of the American, <clears throat> do we have American <clears throat> traditions around Ramadan? Mm-hmm. So in other countries that are majorly Muslim, they have kind of like, you know, traditions because it's mm-hmm. their culture. Right. Right. What are some of the, the things that you think mm-hmm. that we've created or right. adapted for America? Right. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think one of the things that that we have is the camaraderie, you know, Mm -hmm. that one of the good things that we've had, you know, that Muslims are just coming to Islam. A lot of us who have, as we say, reverted to Islam, you know, that we have this closeness that I don't even think, honestly, some of the Muslim countries don't have the same type of closeness that we have because we feel like we're a minority. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we have to come together and we during Ramadan, especially to kind of reinforce, you know, ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the biggest things that we have. I mean, we, we do have, I know at Masha al-Islam at one time, we had this, this real beautiful thing of giving gifts and all of those things, even though they do this traditionally in Muslim countries, but we just went out our way during their Eid, which is the celebration after the month of Ramadan, to like give gifts and all of these different things that we used to do. You know, and we don't even do that like we used to do. We've all become more like laid back now. And, you know, we've been Muslim 30, 20 years. So it's not like it used to be, unfortunately. So, so we, we do have, and I always wondered if they do this um, in Muslim countries. We mm-hmm. have iftar. So, so oh, yes. iftar is when you break the fast. Mm-hmm. And in every community, at the minimum, it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday yes, night. Absolutely. Some communities sure. is every single day. Right. Uh, two or three families, they cook for the entire masjid because yes, there's blessings course. in that. Do mm-hmm. they do that in Muslim countries? Not really, because mostly it's a family thing. So you go to your family's so house. So that's an American and, tradition. Yeah, so that's sort Yay, of an American we found tradition. one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It we is. It's American actually tradition. an American tradition. You're right. This is a good point. And right. most of the, the Muslim countries, their family members, they go from house to house and things of that nature. Mm. And they have the big spread. They have the nice iftar. Like my wife's tradition is a little different because we, we have a little controversy sometimes because. And your wife the, is from Morocco. She's from Morocco. Okay. So after iftar, you know, when you break your fast, they eat a, a lighter meal. They have the dates, they have like soup and eggs. and It's like, that's their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after the tarawir, they have this big meal. 
But Ooh. for us, you know, mostly we pray the Maghrib, then we eat, and then we do the Tarawih, you know. Oh. So for her, it's kind of like, I can't eat all that food and pray. But, you know, of oh. course, you don't want to fill your belly after you, you know, fast all day. This is one of the worst things you can do is, like, overeat, you know, during, during the That's an the interesting cultural fast. difference, though. Yeah, that so is it's, certainly it's very a cultural difference. So difference. we kind of battle a little bit over <laughs> okay. that, you know. <laughs> so, that, that is. So yeah. we do have some American traditions. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHH. <clears throat> LP 103.5 FM on your radio dial or streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. And we're talking about American Muslim fasting with Saifuddin Hassan, assistant imam at Masjid Islam in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and we're talking about what are some of the American cultures around Ramadan and, mm-hmm. and fasting. I think one of the things about um, being Muslim in America is that because we uh, we are not we don't have um, societal pressure about being mm-hmm. Muslim and what we can do. We kind of mm-hmm. can pick and choose and mix and match of sure. different cultural parts oh, because, you know, there's a structure of Ramadan, but there's a whole bunch of stuff we could do oh, in between absolutely. there. Sure. So I think that, that that is a that's a good thing. So let's um, talk to me a little bit about what happened. Let's talk about New Haven in particular. Mm-hmm. So uh, Masjid al-Islam is actually the only masjid inside of the city limits of New Haven. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been here for... We've actually been there since 1995. Since yes, 1995. so 22 years. 22 years. Yes. And um, before that, that was before, and on... Mm-hmm. It was on Dixwell before, and, and how and long was it? New Haven border. How long, we were there, there from uh, 89 until 95. Until, and yes. now moved to George Street. Yes. Um, <clears throat> in Master of Islam, the we talked a little bit about how there used to be kind of like a gift-given culture mm-hmm. during Eid, but during Ramadan in particular, there is the uh, community-supported iftar programs. Sure. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that the masjid itself does mm-hmm. or sponsors? Right. Well, one of the Ramadan? things we do have an interfaith uh, iftar. And we're hoping uh, this year, and hopefully everyone will get the message, that we're trying to do it on the green this year. So we're making some preparations to do that along with West Haven Masjid, or they're in orange actually now. And we want to do the uh, interfaith iftar. And we've done this for the past like 10 years where we invite the various uh, faith communities uh, from New Haven and outside of New New Haven County, and we invite them for a community iftar. So we've done that, as I said, the last 10 years or so. And every year is very successful. We have the Jewish community, the Christian community. We've had uh, Buddhists and Hindus. And we have people from all faith communities come together just to partake in this meal. We you know, talk a little bit about Islam and, and the basic tenets of Islam and so forth. And everyone has a nice meal, traditional uh, Middle Eastern, American, different dishes that they can taste and lots of nice sweets and all of that. So so okay. it's been very successful over the past few years. So where will that be placed on the Masters website? Where can people get yes. information? Uh, actually on masteralislam.net. Uh, you can get that information on our website and uh, hopefully we will be doing it. But it's some preparation. Yep. So we're trying to do that in coordination with uh, West Haven. So, so I'll make sure I share it on <clears throat> my social media oh, channels when it happens. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Let's t- talk a little bit about some of the, so people always have questions about um, what is really the purpose? Like what is mm-hmm. the connection between 
that Muslims hope to achieve between the soul and the body by mm-hmm. fasting and going right. without for this. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the purpose of all of this sacrifice as sure. opposed to like, okay, I'm not going to eat and I could just drink water. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, one of the things our prophet Muhammad, peace and best be upon him, said that, you know, if, you know, people don't give up vain talk and, you know, different uh, acts of, you know, sins or whatever, God is no need in no need of you giving up your food and your drink. So it's just not this issue of, you know, just giving up food and giving up water. But this is a training, you know, for you to give up all the bad things that you've been doing. And during that time when you're fasting, you don't always have the energy to do a lot of different things. So, you know, you're trying your best to restrain yourself from the vices, the temptations, all of these different things. So you can bring about the self-restraint as we talk about, the self-control, you know, all of these things that you need to do throughout the year. So this is sort of like a training during these 30 days so that hopefully throughout the year you're able to resist all the temptations and all the different things that we see, especially in our society. So Ramadan is a month that we're trying to get closer to God and give up all the vices, give up all the things that we were doing probably before Ramadan. So this is a constant training every year that we go through so that we can get closer to our almighty God. And and I wanted to think, you know, one of the things that I think about a, a funny story, um, what mm-hmm. my husband would tell me um, that even non-Muslims recognize that Muslims are kinder and mm-hmm. more polite and, right. you know, during this month. And mm-hmm. he used to have a partner that every time he got on his partner's nerve, his partner would be like, when is your Ramadan starting? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be doing Ramadan sometimes? Right. <laughs> you got to be nice to me in Ramadan. Right, right. Yeah, so. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, yeah. Ramadan is this, as we said, this training for us. And that's not to say that, oh, we just take this month, you know, but there's something about Ramadan, the atmosphere, everything just just changes, you know, for the Muslim community and within your own soul, you know. So you're you're knowing that this is the obligation that you have to do throughout this month. So you're working your hardest to get closer to God so that throughout that other 11 months, you're, you're a better person. You know, you're treating, you know, you're treating people better. You know, you're, you're doing more good deeds, you know? So this is just a training for that throughout the year. So the official start of Ramadan is anticipated to be Saturday, uh, the 27th. Okay. Yes. So it's an anticipated so. to be Saturday. So that means the prayer mm-hmm. starts on Friday. The prayer night. will start Friday night. That okay. will be the first time of the Tardawir prayer, the night prayer. Cause we start that prayer as soon as we sight the moon. You know, I mean, people are doing other things. There are different ways to sight the moon, but we're going to basically try to sight the moon within the United States. So we're going to try to do that first, and hopefully that'll coordinate with the rest of the Muslims around the world. So, okay. when we, uh, when you are um, talking about the, when we talked about earlier the twenty-nine or thirty days of fasting, mm-hmm. explain to the people what. The celebration after the fast. Okay, yes. Uh, this is called Idul Fitr, or the day after the sacrifice. And it's just a big celebration. We start out, uh, one of the things we do, the Prophet Muhammad said, first thing you should do is eat something on the way to the prayer, you know, so that it's known that you're not fasting, you know. So no one is supposed to fast on the day of Eid, this celebration day. So this is a forbidden uh, day to fast. And we all take our family, friends, whoever, and we go to the masjid or a particular spot that has been chosen for a special congregational prayer. And alhamdulillah, usually at our prayers, you see thousands of Muslims, alhamdulillah, you know, praying all together, you know, during this prayer. Then after that, we have some sort of lunch or brunch and, 
Then we have a big, you know, usually a celebration for the kids with all the bouncies and all that stuff <laughs> and food. And, you know, and a lot of people, of course, go family. They go house to house. And one of the things I miss the most when our Malaysian brothers used to be here, very active. I remember that. We used to go house to house. To yeah. Like 10 houses and have that <laughs> peanut sauce. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that. it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I, I really that. miss that. Our Malaysian brothers, may Allah bless them. <laughs> you know, we used to have a really good time doing their Eid. So. You know, I, I tell I sometimes I describe the Eid to people <clears throat> as it's like <clears throat> if you had thanksgiving easter mm-hmm. and christmas all, all combined, in, combined in like right, right. <laughs> a three-day period so we are like yeah, i agree i agree <laughs> drunk at the end of every day we are <laughs> we're not fasting so we're right. gonna eat everything That's in front right. of us That's right. <laughs> but it's something that that, it, it, that we look forward to and mm-hmm. it's a gift giving time absolutely a gift giving time one of the things i wanted to stress that our prophet said that you know you fast after that six days of shawal the next month that just like you have fasted the whole year, you know, mm-hmm. so there's more blessings, you know, to come, you know, even after you've, you fasted that whole month right. that he said, just fast six days during the month of Shawal and you, which is right after right Ramadan, after Ramadan and people you, are encouraged. So yes. that's a voluntarily a voluntary fast. fast to do after Ramadan, absolutely. immediately after Ramadan. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So it takes yes. a little bit absolutely. of uh, self-control and discipline. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we talk about uh, just being Muslim in America, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the Ramadan is coming up. Muslims, mm-hmm. uh, how do Muslims cope in school and in? Because mm-hmm. there's a, a light shined on us anyway. We'll of talk course. a little bit a, sure. in a minute about the, some of the mm-hmm. things that are going on around the world around Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, but how? What are some of the recommendations? I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a message the other day from someone who. Uh, her husband became Muslim and she wanted to know, like, how does she support him? Like, mm-hmm. what are some of kind of really the practical advice to give mm-hmm. new Muslims, to give people who want to support Muslims right. mm-hmm. around tri- what, what to do in Ramadan? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I would tell Muslims to be proud of who they are. You know, don't, you know, like get in the closet, you know, because the way that we, you know, express our faith should be communicating. And people who are educated will be more prone to be more merciful and nice and so forth. So we as Muslims have to let ourselves be known in our society. We are part of the fabric of this society. We just didn't pop up here just a few years ago. As one said, Muslims have been here since even before slavery. You know, some say it started with slavery. You know, when Muslims were brought, about 30% of the Muslims who were brought here as slaves were Muslim, you know, but there were Muslims here even before Columbus was here, you know. So I tell people to be proud of who you are, first of all, and don't, Put yourself in the closet, but be be out for it. Be a, a da'i. Be a person who's calling people and telling people about Islam. Now, one of the things, for example, in schools, what we used to do, we used to have, you know, the teachers, the principal, they would know that it's Ramadan. You know, they would know that this is a holiday coming up for Muslims. And some of the schools have it, you know, it, you know as a holiday now, like in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are very familiar now, more so with Muslims. You know, so one of the things I think that we should do as Muslims, a new Muslim you know, as I said, just be proud of who you are. Talk to the people. Let them know, you know, that I'm a Muslim. I'm not ashamed of it, you know, and, and move forward from there. Mm-hmm. So, The the light is, sh- is shining on Muslims all over the world, mm-hmm. not just, you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. during, 
during this last election cycle, being mm -hmm. Muslim has been politicized. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, recently, there was the other day there was a um, a bombing in Manchester, mm -hmm. England. Um, it's being said that it was done by a follower of ISIS. Mm -hmm. What goes through your mind when you hear things like that, and it's mm -hmm. being perpetrated by someone who says they're Muslim or the media right. says that they're Muslim. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, there's a sense of, of anger, you know, that someone who says that they're Muslim would actually commit an act of violence of this nature, killing innocent people, which we know is, is forbidden in Islam, you know, even in times of, of war, you know, and Muslims are not complete pacifists, although we know Islam means peace. Islam is part of the, you know, Islam was salam, Salam alaikum, all of this peace be unto you, all this means peace. So this whole idea of someone killing innocent people, you know, for any reason, you know, whether the, you know, we know that Muslims are being killed and bombs are flying all over the Muslim world, but this is not the way that Muslims react. You know, this is a complete, you know, uh, away, completely away from Islam. So as a Muslim in America, when I see this happening, I get, I get very upset because we have to face the repercussions of this in this country. As we said, Donald Trump and all the different things that have been said, the Muslim ban and, you know, people killing Muslims, not just, you know, expressing their anger at Muslims. But we've had Muslims killed in New York and, you know, in North Carolina. So all of this is because of the not only what they're doing, you know, as, you know, uh, so-called Muslims, but it's because of the rhetoric that we are seeing and, you know, being politicized, as you mentioned. And one sister did a study and it was discovered that. In the times of these, you know, political, you know, uh, presidencies and so forth, the, the hatred of, of Islam rises even more because everybody uses this as a platform, you know, for their agenda. You know, this Islamophobia, you know. So one of the things as Muslims that we have to do, once again, we have to let people know who we are. You know, we cannot just get in the closet. As we said, we're African-American. We've been here for a long time. You know, we help build this country, you know, so we should not feel ashamed of who we are, you know, especially, you know, I know some of our Muslim brothers and sisters overseas, they have a little different understanding. They're they're more afraid because they haven't seen this side of America. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't seen the, the bad side, the racial side and all the tensions that we're starting to see now. They haven't seen that. We've experienced this all our lives, you know, so we have a different understanding of the country that we live in. You know, so. so so let me be devil's advocate a little bit. Mm -hmm. what, what do you say to people that uh, that actually point to Syria and say, like, mm -hmm. Muslims are killing Muslims, too. Mm -hmm. right. So this is kind of like the nature of it. What do you mm -hmm. what is your response to that? Right. Well, first of all, Islam is not this inherently violent religion. Unfortunately, the Muslims are at a really bad state. You know, one of the things that we must you know, express to people that ISIS and all these groups have killed more Muslims than they've killed anybody else, you know. So that's the situation, you know, yes, there have been non-Muslims being killed, but they're killing more Muslims than non-Muslims. All these places where there are, they're killing people who are Muslim, scholars, everyone who don't agree with their ideology. So we are the victims more of terrorism than anyone else. And I think people kind of forget that, you know, so... But uh, getting your question again, but uh, <laughs> what, what, what would be what's the response to people who look at that and mm -hmm. say like this is an, this that it may give the impression that mm -hmm. um, Muslims are inherently violent? Well, because uh, yeah. well I, as I said, first of all, we have been uh, time tested as Muslims. If you go throughout history, if you look at the history of the Muslims, we don't have this this violent history. 
You know, we've had, of course, there were wars, there were different things. But just for example, when the Muslims first went into Jerusalem and Umar bin Khattab, who was the second caliph after, you know, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessed be upon him, when he went into Jerusalem, you know, the Christian inhabitants came out and they said, we prefer your rule over the Byzantines, even though we are, they are of our own faith because you keep better faith with us. You're more merciful to us and they've robbed us of our homes and our goods. So the Christians welcomed the Muslims into Jerusalem at that time. And Umar made this great treaty with them. He made a treaty with the Jewish community. And at that time, the Jews couldn't even pray for 500 years. They weren't allowed in Jerusalem to pray. Umar allowed them to come to Jerusalem to pray at that time. So we inherently don't have this violent, you know, religion that some people are expressing now. And I think as one imam has said, you know, that he thinks that some Muslims have just gone crazy because of everything that is happening in the Muslim world. The oppressive leaders. I mean, we have the worst leaders in the world who are pressing, killing, raping, doing all these things. And they saying that they're Muslim at the same time, you know, and they're just totally oppressing the rights of the Muslims, you know, so. Muslims are like under siege right now, you know, and a lot of people don't know how oppressive these countries are, you know, what they can do and what they can't do, you know, talking like this, you know, I mean, they liable to shut you down in some Muslim countries just for us talking like this. They don't have the freedom to speak openly in these societies. So the Muslims have gotten so reactionary. But this, as we said, this is a time of patience, you know, and this is why we have this month of Ramadan to learn patience and all these qualities that we need to deal with all of these adversities that we have in life. And once you get away from that, you get away from the prayer, you get away from the fasting, you get away from the perseverance, then you start to just be an emotional reactionary. And this is not the way of Islam. The Prophet Muhammad didn't teach us to be this way. We are a people, as he said, of patience. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya ayyuladina amanu, sta'inu bisabri wa salah, inna Allah sabri. Oh, you who believe, seek God's help with patience, perseverance, and prayer. For God is with those who patiently persevere. So this is nothing new. All the things that are being said about Islam, as our Prophet Muhammad said, we're going to hear so many, or the Quran says, we're going to hear so many negative things, you know, all about the, the, the Muslims and about your faith. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to be patient, to persevere through all of this. And if we do that, then that's when the Muslims will be a better off community. But as long as we react in this nature, we're going to continue to hurt ourselves. So it, we know that we, we well, hopefully people know that, you know, there's a virtue in patience. But mm -hmm. what does that, what is the Islamic edict for action? So mm -hmm. we definitely are not a religion just based on, you know, turn the other cheek. Right. Um, mm -hmm. As other religions are, we don't have that in Islam. Mm -hmm. We are a religion of action. Mm -hmm. So what is it that Muslims need to do here in America, here in mm -hmm. New Haven, that is going to counteract mm -hmm. this image of Muslims being terrorists, extremists, mm -hmm. being right. violent? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that um, that is often said is that Muslims don't condemn violent uh, mm -hmm. terrorism. That's, so that's, that's part of that's part of why, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people will say, you know, mm -hmm. it's something you accept in your religion. So right. what are the things, the, 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 the action points that we need mm -hmm. to do? Right. Well, first of all, we've been turning blue in the face, condemning terrorism. Every website, every Muslim community in America and throughout the world has condemned terrorism. It's not fair that every time a Muslim commits an act of violence that we have to or they have to, you know, portray that this is part of Islam. They don't do this to other people in this country. If someone, if Timothy McVeigh, for example, blew up Oklahoma City, 
No one said, oh, you know, all Christians are bad. You know, I mean, you got extremists in every form of religion. You got the Ku Klux Klan. You got all of this stuff. So I'm saying people should not look at us in that light. You know, that one Muslim does something out of the 1.7 billion Muslims in the world, and then you condemn the whole religion. This is not fair. You know, so I think one of the things that we have to do, one of the starts is, is just your show, you know, to get out there and to talk to people and let people know what Islam is and what Islam is not. We have a glimpse of Islam. We used to do it. We do it on on our TV, you know, and we, we talk about Islam and we try to deal with all the current events that are taking place and put an Islamic understanding on them. So I think one of the things that we need to do is more of this. We need to get out in the streets like we used to do and talk to people about Islam. You know, and let people know that Muslims are not these people that, you know, alhamdulillah, I mean, I think we have set a good example in our neighborhood. We tried to get the drugs out. They named the street Nabi Muhammad Way. You know, we tried to rebuild the, the homes that were actually condemned at that time. So these are the type of things that you need to do to have a different, to have people have a different understanding of who you are and what you are and our character. One of the things that we have to do as Muslims in Ramadan is this time to build better character. We have to, when people see us, they say, wow, I see that person. He's a nice person. She's a nice person. You know, I mean, they treat you nice, you know, and so forth. You know, like this is how whole nations became Muslim because they saw the character of the Muslims. So we as Muslims have to do a better job, you know, at building our character so that when people see us, you know, they say, wow, I know a Muslim. Muslims are not like that, you know, so they'll see us as individuals as well and not just a whole community. You know, so it, you, there was um, um, uh, <clears throat> Professor Zarina Grewal. She wrote an article the other day about mm-hmm. the myth of the Muslim world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it just saying that makes Muslims seem like one big monolithic glob. Right. right? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we all have uh, one. There's uh, even within Islam, different mm-hmm. sects of Islam. There's mm-hmm. different nationalities, different cultures, right. mm-hmm. all of these things. So that the idea of a Muslim world does not exist. Right. And at this time, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Um, we hope to have a, a unified Muslim world one day as we had in the past. But right now we're all dispersed based on nationalities and, language and cultures and different things of this nature but we're supposed to be as the as the quran says one ummah you know one community you know so not to say that we're going to be monolithic everybody's not going to be completely the same as you said we've had we've had schools of thoughts we have different things we have difference of, of opinion in islam it's called ikhtilaf we have different opinions however that oh, those opinions should not go beyond for us to hurt each other like we see some muslims doing now killing each other hurting each other you know, and so forth. But these crazy ideologies like ISIS and so forth, this is way out of the realm of Islam. And just to mention, our prophet predicted that these people would come, you know, that there will be a people who would say they would fast would be better than your fast. Prayers will be better than your prayers, but their actions will be completely opposite of Islam. You know, so he predicted that these people will come and they will come in every generation until the day of judgment. You know, when we, So we have about five more minutes left to the show and Mm -hmm. we want to leave people with some action steps. Mm -hmm. So what would you uh, uh, recommend to, so having a show being out there and giving Dawa is a great Mm -hmm. way of, uh, of trying to change the image, but Mm -hmm. our show reaches three miles. 
uh-huh. radius on a radio, right? right, right uh-huh. <laughs> what can the average person do mm-hmm. to to change the image of Islam in their community, in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. in their right. city? Mm-hmm. What are some of the action steps? Well, you one, can one of the things I, I think we need to do, as I said before, is to be more active in our communities. You know, all the things that are going on in the New Haven community, the drugs, the, the youth, the problems. We as Muslims have to be more active like we used to be. I mean, I, I guess I'm older now. I don't I don't have the, the energy like I used to have 30 years ago when we were very active in the New Haven community, dealing with the drugs, talking to the youth, doing all these different things and interacting with the people, interacting with other faith groups, which we are doing a little bit now. But we need to do more of that, you know, because I feel that the people of faith have to be out in the forefront. We are the people who have some sort of God consciousness and morality, not to say that other people don't. But we start out with those basic concepts as people of faith, whether you're Muslim, Christian, Jewish, those are the basic concepts that you have. So we have to come together and sort of be in the forefront of, you know, this movement to bring about a better society, to bring about a better world. You know, so I think those are some of the steps that we can start, you know, with in our communities, you know, to build those bridges, you know, between people nationalities, religions, all of these things, because we're living in a global world. We're living in a, in the melting pot here in America. So we have people from everywhere in the world here in this country. But one of the beautiful things that I love about Islam and which brought me to Islam is that we have this beauty of unity and we have this faith that brings all humanity together, regardless of color, race. We have in our community, Latinos, Caucasians, Arabs, Africans, you know, Everybody from every corner of the globe we have in our masjid and we all bow down before one God. And that's our belief that we are equal before God and that, you know, the best of you, as Allah says, in the the best of you are the most that have the taqwa, the God consciousness. So only God knows what's in the heart. So this whole racial tension that we're seeing in our society, Islam can eradicate that. Martin Luther King had a dream. I always say that, you know, black and white, you know, Islam fulfilled that dream over 1400 years ago, you know, and that's what kind of invited me, brought me to Islam because I always wanted a faith that had this, you know, non-racial, you know, entity like, you know, and it it just bothered me, you know, before I was Muslim and I found that in Islam. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming. Alhamdulillah. Enlightening us and sharing sharing your thoughts. I want to thank everyone for listening. You've been listening to Mornings with Mubaraka on WNHHLP 103.5. I will see, listen, see and hear me next week. (laughs) We're on Facebook Live. We're online. Um, And this is Mubaraka Ibrahim reminding you to be a voice and not an echo.
Oh, 